Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. Today, we are doing a strategy session with one of our Freelance Accelerator students, Rochelle. Rochelle is a textile designer who has a vast uh, portfolio of experience, a lot of diversity in the aesthetic and the type of brands and clients that she's done uh, textile and and honestly surface pattern design for because she does stuff for Starbucks on mugs and all sorts of really cool stuff. And so uh, Rochelle and I really dive into how she can focus and narrow down her niche. Um, if you've listened to any episodes of the podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about how being niche is crucial to your success as a fashion freelancer, whether you're a designer or doing tech packs or a textile designer. Um, it is essential to be niche. And so we talk through all the different ways and scenarios that she could package up her textile design experience and present herself in different types of niches. Um, so if you're kind of struggling on figuring out, you know, where should I focus? There's a ton of value that we talk about there. We also talk about pricing and contracts. And so Rochelle has done a few projects and she's doing flat rate pricing and the projects she's done have gone well, but she did learn a few things. And so we kind of talked through the nuances of how to put your contract together to make sure that you protect yourself as far as the workload goes and a little bit of nuance on how to manage the project with the client to make sure that the client's happy and they feel like they're getting a really, really um, exceptional service from you, but that also you're protecting yourself and you're taking care of the time and the energy and the investment that you're putting into the project. It's a really, really delicate line to balance, but we dig pretty deep into it. So if you're struggling with package or flat rate pricing at all, we dig into that towards the second half of the conversation. If you are working on kickstarting or growing your freelance career, again, whether you are doing tech packs or flats and you're starting with no experience or you're a textile designer or a fashion designer or in product development or any of the categories, I would love to help you do it. It's really hard to DIY this stuff. And I would love to help you do it with all my free resources. You can head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. And we will hook you up with our best free stuff. Beyond that, we will also let you know when our freelance accelerator program opens up a few times a year. That is the program that Ra Rochelle is part of. Um, inside that program, you get all of our step-by-step -step guidance and templates and swipe copy and um, everything you need to be a successful fashion freelance answer. You also have the opportunity to get on a live one-on-one -on -one strategy session with myself, like you just heard or saw here with Rochelle. Um, we do live monthly Q&A and all sorts of fun things to make sure that you're supported and you get the personalized help you need to make it as a freelancer in this industry, because it is so, so, so more than possible, but it can be really, really tough to do on your own. All right. That being said, let's jump into the strategy session with Rochelle and hear about all of the things that she is stuck on. And I think you guys will find some really valuable insights if you are struggling with any of this stuff as well. Here we go. I'm super excited to dive into the strategy session with you today and help you figure out some stuff in your freelancing career. Um, why don't you just quickly introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry. And then we can dig through all the questions and I will give you all the tips and ideas and advice that I have to offer. Awesome. So um, my name is Rochelle Fields and I live in Washington. I lived in Seattle for about eight years. And my first job in the fashion industry was working at Tommy Bahama. Um, I started out as somebody who just like cut swatches of fabric and I ended up being like a textile designer there, um, okay. print pattern and CAD. Yeah. Um, 
And I currently work for a company that is not specifically textile related, but I still do surface pattern design for them. Okay. And they, they work on, um, stuff for like bigger brands such as Starbucks and Disney. And I help out with some like pattern related stuff for them. And then I'm also doing, um, some print and pattern design for an in-house brand that they have called Planet Box, which is a kid sustainable lunchwear brand. And, um, then I'm doing a little bit of freelance on the side as well. So yeah, print and pattern. And I've worked on men's, women's, kids, and like home goods. Okay. So you've definitely got a plethora of work experience. Um, I looked at your portfolio. Some of your stuff is super cool. I saw on Instagram too, you just had some stuff launch in Starbucks Japan, which is really cool. Yes. That's yeah, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> That's a super exciting, like I remember when I first got started in the career, like one of the most gratifying moments is seeing this, component, whether it was like the textile or the actual clothing, like whatever that you've worked on digitally for so long. And then it's like Mm -hmm. on the shelf, really gratifying. Starbucks is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. That's been very satisfying, especially it's, you know, not that I can go to Japan and look at it in the store, but, um, (laughs) it's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So tell me where are you stuck in your freelance career or what questions do you have? Like, what can I help you out with today? Yeah. So I think the thing that I'm having kind of a hard time doing is figuring out my niche. And since I've worked on a lot of different areas, um, obviously my overarching thing is textile, like print and pattern, surface pattern design and illustration. Um, but I really like, I enjoy doing a lot of different things. So I, um, I really liked the hand painting stuff I got to do at Tommy Bahama and as well as like digital. Um, I did like a floral painting class last winter for textile design, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah. And then like the stuff for Starbucks is like, you know, kind of a different aesthetic for a different yeah. market. And then the stuff for Planet Box is really like whimsical and yeah. like um, the stuff for kids. It's very um, like I, I did a drawing of like animals in space, you know, so it was like very different than like florals for like a woman's line, but yeah. I really enjoy all of it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Like, do I really want to just pick one or even a certain style? Cause I feel like, you know, you can at, get asked by customers to do a lot of different styles depending on what's trending. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I'm, all of those things, I'm not, I'm not sure what I want to like go forward with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm just going to like, kind of give you all the thoughts that are in my head and then we, you can ask more questions and we can kind of dig into this. Yeah. Um, so I looked through your portfolio, I looked through your website and I looked through your Instagram and it is quite an assortment, right? Especially when we look at like the sort of tropical hand painted, like palm leaf type of stuff that we saw with Tommy mm-hmm. Bahama compared to the whimsical unicorn lunchbox kid stuff. Like those yeah. are like, that's a really big, um, variance in your portfolio. And when it comes to textiles, I think the thing that you want to think about does the brand immediately look at uh, my portfolio and we can talk about ways you can present this. Um, Mm -hmm. Do they look at my portfolio and they think, yes, she as an artist, as a textile designer, she gets Mm -hmm our aesthetic and she could very easily create prints and patterns for us. Mm -hmm. It's that aesthetic, like immediately you want to connect with them aesthetically. 
And so mm-hmm. that's where I think it can get really hard. Like if we look at the two big contrasts, right? Whimsical right. unicorn versus hand painted palm leaves. Um, yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't do both. There's some caveats here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about those. So, so one direction to go, um, and I actually just got off of an interview with a design, a textile designer, um, who decided to go by aesthetic, not by niche. So mm-hmm. she was like, right there might be, it might be kids. It might be women's. Mm-hmm. It might be like, whatever. It might be home decor. Right. But I want to focus on like, this is my aesthetic and I'm going to go after brands like that as opposed to saying, I'm mm-hmm. going to go after men's, I'm going to go after kids, I'm going to go after active, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, though, textiles can really span, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. So that's an option for sure, which I think could help you be less, since you do have such a breadth of experience and and your designs in all these different categories are really strong. It's not like, oh, I really excel at this. And then I can also do yeah. some like, I mean, to do these hand-painted florals and then also these like whimsical kids, stuff, like it's quite diverse skill, I think, mm-hmm. personally. Um, yet they're all really good. And so I can see where you're kind of like, I enjoy all of them. I'm strong in all yeah. of them. I've got a really solid portfolio in all of them. I mean, you've got these lunch boxes mm-hmm. and you've got Starbucks and Tommy Bahama. Like you've got a solid backing mm-hmm. to all of this work. So that, all of that being said, I mean, one thing you could do, and, and we can talk about why I would caution you against this, but it could be up to you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go after a multitude of brands, right? You could go after the whimsical kids. You could go after the floral, um, mm-hmm. more hand-painted organic stuff, as well as, you know, whatever other category you want. I mean, I would um, – I'd caution you doing any more than three um, because I, I just think that it can – it can get overwhelming for you as a yeah. designer. So one of the things we and and the reason is because one of the things we talk about a lot inside of Freelance Accelerator is showing that you are knowledgeable in your category and your niche and providing some bit of like extra value and extra credit to your clients and or your prospects. And so as a textile designer, I see a component of that being trend what's coming Mm -hmm. up. Right. And so it can be hard to keep up with all of that. If you're working in like three different genres, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, I had an interview the other day with one of our students who kickstarted her freelance career before joining fast. And she didn't know the benefit of being niche. And she now has 15 clients in 15 different categories. And she's like, I am on the struggle bus because I cannot keep up with like, she's like, I'm literally doing hunting and fishing one day and then like yoga the next day. And it's like Mm -hmm. insane. So that's an extreme. Um, But I think that it can just, it can spread you a little bit thin, right? You've now got three different Mm -hmm. genres that you're keeping up with, that you're putting together mood boards and trend and inspiration. And you're keeping up with like what's going on in the kids world versus what's going on in like hand painted florals. Um, Mm-hmm. And it can spread you a little bit thin. That's why I think two, maybe three could be your max. So okay. so that is an option. And at the end of the day, you are the CEO of your own freelance business. So like you get to make these decisions. You might wind up going after three. And then in six months or 12 months, you're like, this is too chaotic. I'm 
too diversified and too spread out. And it's like, I can't focus. And maybe you decide to mm-hmm. drop one or you're like, actually, I really just want to focus on this one. So I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't do. This is just my advice. And I want you to go into it thinking about the pros and the cons so that you're fully aware of like what you're committing to. And, and then it's going to be a learning curve from there. And it's something that you're going to have to decide on your own. Um, the other challenge with this is, and I think textile designers have a little more leeway than fashion designers. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, when a client sees whimsical kids and then they also see floral, you know, these like Tommy Bahama mm-hmm. palm prints. Are you wearing a shirt right now? Because I think I saw that in your portfolio. I, yeah. You are. Okay. <laughs> I had to call that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, great print, by the way. It's really fun. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how cool is it to like wear your own stuff, right? Yeah. Um, it, it can on a subconscious level, depending on the person looking at the portfolio, mm-hmm. but it can on a subconscious level be like, I don't know, she does kids and she also does this other stuff. Like it feels really scattered and disjointed. Mm-hmm. So one way that that can be controlled, if you are um, communicating with clients via email or uh, mostly going to be email, you can control exactly what they see and only what they see by using the PDF portfolio strategy, right? Only mm-hmm. send them the kids' prints, only send them the florals, only send them the mm-hmm. Starbucks, like if that's sort of the the type of stuff you want to go after. Um, yeah. You get a little more control. It becomes a little bit harder on LinkedIn, right? Because if you're going to present your portfolio, you're now like, well, I need to present all three of these. On your mm-hmm. website, the same is true, right? Um, I mean, right. you can control it by linking them to a specific page that only has that stuff. And I know you already have your stuff really broken out. Like right now, when I look yeah. at your portfolio, the men's and the women's is super cohesive. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's all the Tommy Bahama. Like, I get it. That's a very specific customer, and it makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. The kids is very specific, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I forget the other category. So I think it's like the home stuff, which is a lot of the Starbucks yeah. prints, which – yeah. I think to me, those ones, I don't know, those ones kind of fall out the most for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'd have to relook to, to be honest with you. But <clears throat> so you can control it by just linking them to a direct page, right? Um, of course, they can always poke around. Um, I mean, I, I think it, it can just come down to, too, like who's looking at the portfolio and where's their mindset at. From a textile yeah. perspective, some people are going to get that you do a variety of different stuff and they can see the kids and they're like, that's fine. She does kids, but she also does this other stuff really well. And that's what uh-huh. we need. So I don't think it's as cut and dry in textiles as it is in fashion specifically. Mm-hmm. Like if you're showcasing, you know, sweaters versus lingerie versus, you know, I think my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion. Um, yeah. I think it can just get a little more disjointed. So I think my overarching advice is you get to control to decide what you want to do. The more categories you pick, I think you're, you're signing yourself up for a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my number one advice would just be control what the client sees as much as possible, depending on where you're communicating with them. Um, you know, Here's the other thing, too, is it can depend on what type of brand you're reaching out to, right? Like some brands are going to be super niche and they're only going to need the kids. But some brands 
are mm-hmm. big and they have like more diversified product assortment and maybe they just need right. a textile designer who has the capacity to do a bunch of different genres. And that's where, you know, maybe you add a different component of value than someone who is so focused in mm-hmm. niche. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm blabbering on so much. I think there's so many different ways we can like cut and dice and analyze this. Um, what do you think from what I've said so far? Like, where's your gut feeling? Where's your head at? Yeah. Um, kind of taking it in and thinking about it. I think like what you're talking about having the controlled portfolios, that might be a good place to start or like with PDFs, you know, and I, I was trying to kind of break it out of my website and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's interesting because it's like, were I to want to work for a print studio, which I feel like you don't get paid as well, but it might be kind of fun. They want people who can do like every style, you know? So it's like, I want to, like, I want to make sure I have those skills, but then it's hard to figure out, um, yeah, like how much sort of picking one and going with that is going to limit me in other ways. And maybe I won't learn new skills by trying new styles. Um, so yeah, definitely some things to think about, but I, I think you're definitely right about if you have too many things to research trends on, it's like, gets out of hand really quickly. So yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, here's what I'll say too. The the textile designers inside of Freelance Accelerator who I know that are the most successful, they do focus mm-hmm. on one niche and they do focus and their aesthetic is mm-hmm. very cohesive. Um mm-hmm. and maybe it's not a niche by category, right? But as I said, it's a niche by right. aesthetic. And so <clears throat> my gut based on my experience and our students' experience, Mm -hmm. says for you to most quickly grow and excel in your freelance career would be to focus on one. But again, I don't want to put that limitation on you if that's going to make you like unhappy as a freelancer because what's the point then, Mm -hmm. right? I, Mm -hmm. I, and again, I'm not the predictor of the future. You could say, I'm going to do these three and you could have just as great of success. We'll never know mm-hmm. until you try. And even until you try, we still won't know because it's impossible to like A-B test that, right? Um, so if if I were to just be here and say like, this is my advice. This, If I were you, this is what I would do. That would be that. That would be to okay. focus on one niche, meaning aesthetic or the whimsical kids or like what have you, mm-hmm. right? Um or maybe it's not even whimsical kids. Maybe it's just whimsical, right? Right. That could like broaden that genre a little bit. Um, but again, I, I think my gut says from past knowledge and, and history mm-hmm. that it's going to be easier for you and you're going to see faster success. But mm-hmm. you, at the end of the day, have to make the decision. Like what, what do you think you would – what do you want to do? No pressure. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh man. I really like, I think like the two, if I were to say broadly, like the two main things I really like are like whimsical prints and then more realistic florals, um, which are very different. Very different. Um, yeah. Cause the yeah. whimsical <laughs> stuff is pretty much all like vector graphic, right? Yeah. Or like I'll draw it in a style that looks kind of more flat, you it know? Feels um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and because I, I really like the playfulness of that and it's a little bit more like open to having kind of unexpected things hidden in your print or like, yeah. um, you know, very 
very playful, but then I also really love hand painting. I was like a fine art major in undergrad. So that's kind of my background and I just love to paint. So, um, but like, I don't know, hand painted florals are also, can also be a lot of like really time consuming, a lot of work to, Mm. um, scan in and all of that. So it's like, that might, I might not get the most bang for my buck that way. Um, so I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard for me to decide between those. Yeah. Well, I know you're working on a couple projects right now and you have one project that mm-hmm. is potential. If you want to drop the information, I'd love to hear it. I know you put it in the portfolio. If it's private, yeah. you don't have to say. Um, but like, what are those projects for? And how have you felt about how they've gone? And how have you felt like from a creative fulfillment perspective? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I can talk about it as long as I don't say like what the specifics of the brief are. So um, two projects that were basically given to me from um, co-workers from Tommy Bahama who are also in your program. So I'll give them a little shout out, Megan Kenish and Amy Barnard. Um, And so nice of them. They're just like, we're looking for somebody new freelance prints. Both of them emailed me kind of around the same time. Yeah. Um, So I didn't even do a pitch or anything. (laughs) And um, so then they both sent me like, you know, contact information. And I, I reached out to those companies telling them who had sent me to them. And the first one was, um, a golf, uh, brand that is just getting started and they just wanted some really quick geos. And, um, that was, you know, not the most creative, but like pretty like easy, I would say to do like to execute and all of that. And so that was kind of a nice, like, this is a nice way to get some extra cash, but like maybe not my like passion, you know? Um, but I would, I would do more work for him. He was a nice guy. Um, and then the current brand is for William, uh, Murray golf company, which is, um, owned or not owned, but like overseen by the Murray brothers. So like Bill Murray and his brothers. Yeah. That's That's amazing. Did you get the project? Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, I just like sent off the contract and like we've signed it. So I'm, I'm just getting going on it. Um, so I'm really, that's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. So their style, like you can't, I won't say anything about their current brief, but their style, if you look on their website is very whimsical and also a lot of overlap with like Tommy Bahama aesthetic, I would say too. So it's like, it's also a golf brand, which is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) like, I didn't even know that they're like both both golf brands both told me like, we want to, you know, break outside of the rigid, like boring yeah. golf yeah. brand mold, but they have like very, very different approaches to it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So this will be a lot more like, you know, playful than the one that I just did. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, and that kind of got me thinking, well, maybe like kind of more whimsical, playful prints yeah. as like a whole is something I would like to do. Cause the stuff I do for Starbucks, Japan specifically is very like playful as well yeah so that um, kind of fits so yeah 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 I so, mean yeah okay <laughs> so it's really sounding like going that direction is something that you're just kind of leaning towards um Mm-hmm. I personally think that it's going to you're going to have a wider pool of potential clients with that direction than you are with the hand painted florals. Yeah. Per, I think. Right. My gut says. Okay. Um I mean I'm literally just making a gut call right here on this call. So I I don't know, I could be a little <laughs> bit off. Um and, and a bigger pool of clients is not always necessarily a really good thing, right? Because maybe that means you right. have more competition as a freelancer. Um mm-hmm. 
but maybe it's not a bad thing either. So you, I, I think it's something you could just take with a grain of salt. Um, <clears throat> my next question to sort of help you like really dial this in is, I want to know how long have you been thinking about your niche and sort of letting this be like, oh, I haven't started yet because I'm still thinking about my niche. How long has that been going on? Oh, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. So I think, um, so I first signed up for the freelance accelerator like several years ago and I didn't really start going through any of it, but I think I went through like the, like the first section I was like, oh, I don't know what, (laughs) like which way I want to go. Yeah. And then, um, last winter when I was taking the hand painted floors class, I was like, is like, maybe this is the direction I want to go. Um, so it's been like, I mean, sort of not something I've been thinking about like constantly, but in the back of my mind for, I would say like probably a couple of years, just thinking about like, um, yeah, not sure. Like what, what is my style? Like, that's the thing, even, you know, in like undergrad as an art major, you're always like, Oh, I'm supposed to have a style. And, um, it's kind of a similar thing where it's like, you have to pick this one thing and it feels very scary to nail it down, I guess. (laughs) Um, okay. So a couple of things, it's not set in stone, right? Um, especially with things like referrals, like these two projects that Mm -hmm. you got, which is really how your freelance business grows in the long run. Mm -hmm. I think you know that, um, that is where you'll actually get the opportunity to do more diverse work because referrals, most of the time they hardly even look at your portfolio. They just trust that you were a good referral because it came from a freelancer who they trusted and boom, you got the job. So you could get Mm -hmm. the job doing hand painted florals because your network and your community and maybe the other students inside of Freelance Accelerator know that you do this, even though that's not what is in your portfolio and that's not what you're pitching yourself as, you can still get that work and still have the opportunity to do that diversity. Um, so, so know that just because you're going to pick one or maybe you do decide to do two, again, it's up to you, um, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that like you are cutting all this other stuff off. Okay. So that's thing one. You can always add it on later. You can always subtract it later. You can like, mm-hmm. it's so moldable. Right. Um, and then second to that, my goal in this call today is to help you make some sort of decision, whether or not it's the right decision, we won't know, Mm -hmm. but something so that you start moving forward and taking action that you don't just keep thinking about this for another, even another month. I don't want you to spend a month on this. Um, right. So I want to see you like go to the next step, which might be, okay, finalizing this PDF portfolio, or maybe like taking some of the work off your website so that it's really specific to this one customer or deciding Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it as is because honestly, your portfolio is really strong and maybe you don't need to change anything on it. So why spend the time to tweak over that? Like start getting out and reaching out to brands and and getting some clients. Um, That's where I want to see you after this call. So if I was like, okay, Rochelle, get off this call and you're going to hit the ground running. And in a week, I want you to follow up with me. And I want you to say, okay, here's what I've done. I've pitched five brands because who cares about tweaking over my niche? Um, (laughs) I just need to, you know, take the next step. And I often think that Mm -hmm. taking the next step is how you figure out what the answer should be, which is feels hard, right? It's a little bit backwards. Right. So, if I'm like, okay, let's get off this call and I want you to start taking action, what do you do? What do you think? What do you do? Where do you position yourself? 
Yeah, I think like just from as I'm thinking about what we've been talking about, I think probably leaning towards the sort of whimsical aesthetic and maybe maybe doing a PDF that kind of had a few of the like Planet Box and Starbucks. And then in the future, if the designs I'm working on end up making it to, you know, product, then I could include those too. Um, Yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. I think so too. I feel like we've always, yeah. throughout each of the points of the conversation, we've kind of come back to the whimsical. Um, yeah. And maybe that's where you go and pursue work. And then the painted florals like builds organically in the background because you've got two clients, which are going to lead to more projects, which are going to lead to more referrals. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, maybe at the end of the day, you do get the bo- best of both worlds, but at least you're making a decision and you're taking control of the situation. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what would be your first step? Uh, I don't know where you're, lo- are you, I'm sorry, you said earlier, are you in Seattle still? No, uh, you're on the East Coast I'm, now. No, I'm, no, I'm still in Washington. in Washington. I'm in Spokane. So that's like the East side of Washington. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, one o'clock yeah. there right now. And I know yes. you work full, you work a full-time job. So I don't know what your schedule is. Yeah, this do. might be yeah. a lunch break or something. So yeah, um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So maybe it's tonight, maybe it's this weekend. But over the next few days, mm-hmm. what's the first action that you take? Now that we've um, kind of decided, okay, we're going to lean into the whimsical prints. Yeah. Probably pick my favorite of those prints and, like, make a PDF of done. them. Okay. That's, um, like, one night. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. quick okay. and done. Um, and then look for brands with that aesthetic. Yep. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> That's like, like another I'm night. Okay, you've got two. You what? Is it a quiz? It's a quiz. Yeah. Well, you know, I want this to be as productive as possible. I want you to walk away knowing yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what great. you're going to do, right? So one night is your portfolio. Like literally yeah. one night, based on what I've seen of your portfolio already, you're ready. You don't mm-hmm. need to spend much time. Okay. Um, two finding brands again. That's mm-hmm. another night. That's like an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and and I'll, I'll and then, stop you at the third step. I won't make you okay. go any further. <laughs> um, I'm assuming sending emails to brands. Yeah. Start sending some pitches. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'll tell you what, I would not discount Upwork. So literally the call that I had earlier, I, mm-hmm. I got off 10 to 15 minutes before I had my call with you. Katerina, she's also a textile designer. I told you she's focusing on a specific aesthetic and she's crushing it. She's out of Macedonia and she is working exclusively on Upwork and she's finding a ton of clients and a lot of them are, have been, she's got two clients that are like pretty consistent all the time work. Mm-hmm. She's got another client who's like, she works with two to three times a year. Um, and she just focused her portfolio very visually and then she dialed in her pitch using the strategies that we talk about inside freelance accelerator, right? Talking mm-hmm. about them more than you talk about yourself using words mm-hmm. that they've actually used in the job description back inside the pitch, <clears throat> starting from zero on Upwork, zero clients, no ratings, no nothing. She sent out three proposals. She got the first, she got one of the three and then she's just built from there. And her first year freelancing, yeah. she exclusively on Upwork, she earned more in her first year freelancing than she did in her full previous year working full time. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and so, um, and then another freelancer who um, I think her episode just aired or it's aired. Yeah, just aired. Um, Lucia from Germany. I don't know if you listened to it. 
No, I will though. Okay, it it just aired. Um, I mean, I can check here. It was like two episodes yeah. ago, but it's. Um, I think the title is how this textile designer is charging sixty dollars an hour on Upwork, and she's mm-hmm. doing amazing. And her niche is very specific. If you look at her portfolio, it like aesthetically it fits her client. Okay. And she said every project that she's gotten, they're like, we just love that you specialize. She specializes in baby and kids. Um, mm. and then the aesthetic is very clear. Like she, you know, she doesn't do like bright neons. She does really like soft and it just, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And all the clients say, um, when she sends her portfolio out, they say, we just love that you specialize in babies and knits and so, or not babies and knits, babies and kids. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so again, I don't think it has to be a category, but it has to be visually right. It's going to click with them and they're going to be like, boom, mm-hmm. Rochelle is our person. She gets us. Mm-hmm. She gets our brand and she specializes in this and this is what she can do best. So I wouldn't discount Upwork um, mm-hmm. only because, you know, we've had a good bit of textile designers inside of Freelance Accelerator see great success there. I used to not, I used to really put Upwork down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've probably heard me talk about it. Um, and I've turned around in the last year or so because uh, I think mm-hmm. it's changed a lot. There's a different clientele. There's still, of course, the cheap brands, but right. um, there's definitely a different clientele there. And so um, that, I think, for some people could feel like an easier kickstart because it's like, okay, the brand's already mm-hmm. there. The opportunity's already there. I'm not like reaching out cold. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can do a mix of both or just focus on one if that feels less overwhelming to you, but yeah. don't discount that as an option. Okay. And that's where I would really hyper-focus on having the very specific portfolio because if you've got this and you've got this, like they're going to see both mm-hmm. of that and it's going to feel really disjointed. Um, but I think we've already decided on the whimsical, so I think you're set on that. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Cool. I think that's a, like, yeah, this has been great. That's a great place to start. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just sort of wheels are turning. I'm just yeah. thinking about like, yeah, I, I do have an Upwork account, but I've, I haven't done anything with it or That's like okay. yeah. tried to find anything. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a place to give baby, to give some second thought to. And I think that, I don't know if you're in the student Facebook group, but um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Lucia's in there. And so I'm, she's so sweet. She's out of Germany and I'm sure she'd be super happy to give you any tips or advice. And I don't know if Katarina is in there, Katarina Domofska. Um but I'm sure she would be, she's super sweet as well. I'm sure she'd be happy to okay. give you some specific tips. Yeah. 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 Cause they're both on Upwork yeah, and they're both doing awesome. textiles. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. I think you have a plan and it feels yes. pretty solid. Like I feel like you could make really good progress and traction over the next like week. I mean, I don't know your personal schedule and life and stuff, but yeah. like, <laughs> I, I think, you know, in a week you could make some serious headway. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, as you're saying that I'm like, I do have the freelance stuff I have to work on like the next couple of weeks, but after totally that, fair. I okay. think definitely. Yeah. So maybe you can start this like <laughs> beginning of the year. Yeah, I think so. Okay. That sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Um, what other questions do you have? Um, let me see. Um, Oh, okay. So as I'm working on, so the first, um, like golf client I mentioned where his stuff was like pretty simple geos. Yeah. Um, so one thing I'm not sure about just for like going forward is when I say like, this is done. So like, for instance, um, you know, I sent him 
like the prints and then he wanted to see some new colors and I did that and then like see them at new scales and all of these like individual tweaks are pretty quick, but yeah. like they kind of add up all yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and since like it, they're very like simple patterns, I'm like, you know, that's fine. But I think for going forward, I should probably have maybe a little bit more clear of like, what is the final product? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what the, what the standard is, like what people expect and what is fair for me, like after I hand it off, um, and if they want a scale change or a color change, is that part of like finalizing it still, or is that more than finalizing it? Yeah. Okay. Are right. You're doing project pricing. It sounds like, like per print. Yes. Okay. So, um, which is fine. It's harder to manage the scope of the project as you're learning, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, than hourly. <laughs> so that's fine. If you want to do flat rate pricing, that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. Um, there's definitely a bigger learning curve, but some brands, it's just easier for them to do that. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, how clear were you in the proposal as far as like what exactly he was going to get? Can you walk me through like what did, like literally what did the proposal say? Yeah. Um, I and if you I want actually, a second to like pull it up, yeah, do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that'd be good. Cause then to remind myself, um, okay. So, okay. So I said, uh, the designer will create two to three exclusive geo prints. Okay. Um, each print will sell for a flat rate of 600. And then I gave him like a bundle discount plus a, um, introductory rate okay. or trial rate uh-huh. is what you called it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they ended up being 500 each. Okay. Um, and then I said, I'll provide sketches before completing the final art upon which the client will review in a timely manner. Once the design direction is agreed upon, the designer will finish the patterns. One round of small revisions is included with the design. If further changes are required, an hourly rate of 60 okay. per hour will be charged. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was what I had in there, but I've just, since it's like the first time around, I've just been like, doing it because I'm like is this the finalized version I don't know I think I probably let him have too many changes but <laughs> okay 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 yeah I'm not sure <laughs> it's fine it's a learning curve it's a constant learning yeah. curve um okay so I think you could have had maybe a little more clarity especially around things like um scale options and colorway options mm-hmm. so I didn't hear any mention of like how many final colorways did they get did you just hand over the final artwork or were there specs and do they get the JPEG or do they get the native layered file? Like, and I, I say this because I'm going through this with someone I'm working with. I'm the client. And yeah. there was some miscommunication about whether it was the JPEG or the Illustrator file. And let me tell you, as the client, I'm like, yeah, the JPEG like hardly does me any good. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, this so is I where I think it needs to be it. super clear. Yeah, I had under, so technical file specs, um, the patterns will be delivered in Adobe Illustrator okay. format in perfect repeat tile. Okay. The prints will use an agreed upon color palette with agreed upon amount of colors. Um, and then I did also say that I'm including sizing specs and a larger image showing the pattern repeating. Okay. Okay. So there was more yeah. detail to the proposal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it sounds pretty good. I guess if I'm the client, I'm not feeling totally clear. And maybe this was in there, but maybe it just wasn't clear enough based on the way you wanted yeah. it. If and I didn't read this, I just heard you say it. But from what you said, I'm wondering, I'm not clear on like how many rounds of revisions I get to the 
to the initial design. Like you send me the rough sketch and I'm like, oh, I like it, but like make this one smaller and like twist this motif over a little bit and blah, blah, blah. And then you come back again and I'm like, okay, cool. We're almost there, but I feel like the spacing is a little Mm -hmm. too tight, blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. I didn't feel clear on like that part of the process. Um, And then I also didn't totally feel clear on like how many size options do I get? And I also didn't feel mm-hmm. clear on how many colorway options I get. You said that yeah. I use the agreed upon color, pa- the, the existing color palette with an agreed upon number of colors. So the print can only be four colors or whatever. Yeah. Um, but is it one colorway or are you going to uh-huh. show me like three different options? Um, yeah. And, and we'll ultimately finalize into one colorway. Like that's where I think it got a little bit, as a client, I wasn't sure. And so I might come back to you and I'm like, okay, Rochelle, this is great, but da-da-da, make this change, right? And da-da-da, make this change. Right. Oh, and can you show it to me a little bigger? And I don't even realize that I'm like asking for more than what we agreed upon because I don't right. feel like I was super clear on what we agreed upon. I just, yeah, like, yeah. I get the finished print and I'm going to be happy with it and you're going to work with me within reason. I'm not going to be like an excessive mm-hmm. a-hole. Some clients right. will be, but yeah. Um, so I think that's where like, if you almost have like some bullets where it's a little bit more cut and dry of like what exactly they get. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be you're, I'm going to complete. Okay. So you said you're going to complete two prints. So for each print, you're going to have two to three initial, um, inspiration directions, let's say. And that might just be like mm-hmm. a little bit of like a mood board sort of collage, right? Like here's three yeah. different options of the direction we could go. Then you pick one. And then from that, I will put together like two rough sketches of what Mm -hmm. the print's going to be. And you might have to refine this because I'm not a textile designer and I've done some prints, but I don't, like, I may be asking for way more. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to put together two options. I'm going to put together one option. That might be the case and that's fine. Yeah. Um, And then from there, like two to three rounds of revisions from the selected design direction mm-hmm. and then from there three scale options with you know one round of revisions to finalize and make the, any adjustments mm-hmm. and then three colorway options and I mean here's the thing too like it's starting to get really laborious right okay you get this many right. of this and this many of this and this many of this and it can right. almost start to feel like a little bit stingy nitpicky right so <clears throat> I think we maybe got a little bit in the weeds there. I have to be honest. I'm going to reel it back now that I've kind of spewed everything <laughs> that was in my head. And like, we've really looked at each parts of the process. Um, and there's a really, really fine balance that you as the freelancer have to use to manage the scope of the project while also making sure that your client feels good and taken care of and doesn't feel like you're being stingy with them. I've worked with freelancers where I felt like they were starting to get stingy and I was like, I actually feel like I've been a really fair client and I did not negotiate the price at the very beginning and mm-hmm. da, 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 all the things. And you're now just being like really stingy with me for like an extra $60, which mm-hmm. can really like can sour the whole relationship mm-hmm. over like one thing. And then there's a fine line between like you kind of letting them take advantage of you and like doing a bunch of excessive right. revisions. And I think that you can outline it so that the client feels clear. Again, I think, you know, let's scale it back from what I said because that feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to give you a perfect answer here. Like maybe here's what I would actually suggest. I would talk to, well, Lucia and Katerina are both charging per hour. So there's the difference. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to say you could ask to maybe see like how do they spec out their projects. You could still have a conversation Mm -hmm. with them though. They might have some tips to offer. Um, I don't think it hurts, right, to connect with those people and brainstorm a little bit. And just say like here's kind of where I'm struggling. Um, Mm. And this is kind of what I've done, but I'm I'm trying to figure out – And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, like it might just have to be a gut check with you on project to project and just say, Mm -hmm. you know, I think at some point you just have to kind of say the client like, hey, I'm really excited about the print that we're working on and I really Mm -hmm. want to make sure that you're happy. Um, I have to be honest, you know, since this is a flat project rate, like I've invested quite a bit of time in making all these, not excessive, (laughs) that doesn't sound good, in (laughs) making all these revisions. (laughs) Um, And I really want to make sure you're happy and take care of you. Um, I'm happy to do like one more round of edits. And then anything after that, like I just have to be mindful of my time. And so I'm happy to help, but um, we can Mm -hmm. do that at my hourly rate of 60. Right. Right. And and, And then also just being like mindful that, Anything that you're bringing up in that point, like you can back it by what was in the proposal. Mm -hmm. I think that that's where people kind of get into trouble and that's where there's a learning curve to this, right? Like um, if it wasn't really clear in the proposal, then I think at some point you got to eat it. Right. And that's okay. It's a learning opportunity, right? And then you you change it for next time and you advise Mm -hmm. your client for next time. You finish the project and you initiate a conversation of like, that was so amazing. I'm super excited we got to do that together, right? Like all the nice things. And, you know, I just want to be really transparent about how the project went. It was great. Um, I was not clear in my initial proposal and I, I did mm-hmm. this and this and this for you because I wanted to make sure to take care of you and I want, and I'm happy to do that and, yeah. and maintain the rate that I quoted you for this. But just, I just want to also be clear going forward so that you're not surprised, you know, that I'm going to either have to limit it to, you know, X number of revisions or whatever, mm-hmm. Or um, charge a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that, like, it it could be a little bit early to be, like, tweaking over this too much because you're going to have some clients that are, like, so easy-peasy that you're going to come out ahead. Mm-hmm. Or some projects yeah. that you're going to come out ahead, maybe even with the same clients. And some where it goes a little bit beyond. So at some point... I think it can come out in the wash, but you always should still be mindful of like, okay, how could I present this more clearly? Um, Is there any conversation that I should be having with my client just to make them feel more transparent with my working arrangement and what's going on and what I'm doing? Because what, what, what you'll find out is that most clients, like they're not meaning to work you excessively. Right. It's an oversight. They don't even realize that like, whatever, right? That it's, it's, it was a more than agreed upon or blah, 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 whatever the thing may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could talk about this for hours clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think about everything that I've said as far as the situation you were in and maybe how you can think about handling it differently the next time? Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like even with the, um, the William Murray golf company, I tried to say like how many colorways mm-hmm. because I had just done like so many colorways. And, yeah. and then I was thinking about even more after I signed the contract as like, man, maybe I should even say if it's 
like a vector versus raster because those yeah. are very different. Totally like, different. Oh, I probably should have done that. Yeah. So that'll be the next time around, I think. But um, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of trying to make sure that like, I'm charging the like market rate, you know, which I know you've talked about, like how you can have like your own rate um, as well. But like what trying to figure out what is expected of me as a designer when I know like a print studio sells the print and maybe there's another color rate option that's in Photoshop, but it's not like color reduced or anything like that, you yeah. know? And they don't so get it repeat that, often. And, right, yeah. right. So like, you know, if I am creating like a custom print and then I, you know, no one's asked me to like color reduce anything yet. And it seems like more people are doing digital printing anyway. So that might not be um, as much of an issue, but like, were somebody to want me to do that? Like, yeah. do I need to, you know, I guess at, like, is that a separate cost than my flat rate? And maybe I need to go away from flat rate. I don't know. I just know that most like, you know, like textile prints are bought at a flat rate. So I was trying to kind of keep it like market value. So um, anyway, I don't know if there's a question in there. I'm just sort of thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, here's what I'll say with pricing. Um, It's like learning how to sew. I don't know if you know how to sew, but. Not yet. (laughs) Okay. Which can also be like learning how to ride a bike. We could talk about it all day long. I could give you Mm -hmm. all the tips and all the advice and all the different scenarios and we could run through them over and over and over and over. And you're not going to like really kind of figure out the nuances of your pricing until Mm -hmm. you actually just start doing it. Same with sewing, right? I could teach you all day long and until you take some fabric and you actually put it through the machine and you work with different kinds of fabrics and you work with different kinds of stitches and you work with different kinds of threads and sewing different embellishments on and sewing in a zipper, like... It's a lot of nuances to like, and what machine you're sewing on, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is true with pricing, um, where we could spin our wheels all day long and the best way to move forward is to actually just move forward and do it. Um, I think Mm -hmm. you're in a very healthy enough space where you're not undercharging, um, but you're Mm going to learn, you know, one thing I'll, I will be mindful of, um, to tell you is. At earlier, we went down the little rat hole of like, when here's what you get with this and this and this and this. And it was so yeah, yeah, yeah. detailed. As a client, yes. that feels terrible. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like so nitpicky nuanced. And I mm-hmm. somehow got sucked into that little hole right there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but then I caught myself. And so, you know, that's where like I would be mindful of um, being like, oh, do I add an extra charge for – uh, mm-hmm. uh, color reduction or separation and, and oh, is colorway for a digital print more than a raster, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe you just wind yeah. up having like two flat rates. Maybe it's like 600 for digital and like 800 for raster. Uh-huh. And it's, and it's just a package price. And, and again, some projects are going to float out of that based on the hours you put in and some projects are going to fall under and it's just going to even out mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so I'd really be mm-hmm. mindful of like, how is this going to come off to the client? Like, mm-hmm. what is the tone that you're setting for them? Um, right. And I would always err on the side of over-delivering and doing a really kick-ass job. Yeah. Um, and not being stingy and nitpicky because I'm I'm going through it right now with somebody and it's like an amazing working relationship. And then this one thing, I'm like... I never want to work with you again. I had like three projects lined mm. up for next year and I'm like, 
Uh, yeah. Wow. You really just ruined it with that one stingy thing that was going to make you like an Mm. extra hundred dollars. It didn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. And, and again, there's a gut check, right? Are they an awesome client that you want to keep working with? If they're an a-hole client and this project is like sucking, then like, guess what? That's not your client and just get the project done. And if you need to charge more then charge more, (laughs) like just be done with it. Um, mm-hmm. but those good clients are good clients and they're there to take mm-hmm. care with you. And so it just matter. The matter of the fact is just be really transparent and communicative with them and just make sure they're taken care of. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as long as you're, you're in a good spot, you're not like whittling your down, self down to like five hour, $5 an hour because of these excessive revisions. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a yeah. fine and, line. You know, yeah. As I was thinking about that, like, I feel like what, the creative process in general, it is just kind of hard to predict how many changes you'll need. And so I get that from their perspective. Cause from my perspective, like I might want to change it further on my end too. Like I might think maybe, it, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's where I think just having like a general outline of like two to three rounds of revisions so that they kind of have that in their head that it's not like 10 revisions. And then right. you just endlessly edit this thing until they're happy, right? Because right? we all know the file that says final, final dash one, yep. final dash two, <laughs> final dash three, right? We all yeah. know that file. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like, I do just come back to, like, project pricing gets tricky. Mm-hmm. But you're going to learn. You're going to learn. But you're going to learn by doing. So just keep going yeah. and keep doing. And you're going to keep learning. And you'll get better. Um and maybe try an hourly rate project if you want or don't Mm -hmm. like whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, maybe, maybe a client on Upwork is going to be more inclined or, or ready and willing to do hourly because I don't know, a lot of time that's just the price that's advertised on Upwork, right? It's like, what's your hourly rate? So maybe that feels better for that space. And then, you know, again, it's just going to be some experimenting and testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I've like spewed so much at you. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> Lot, lots to digest later. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not in an overwhelming way. No. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like as you're going through that list of the specifics, like you were saying, like, yeah, that's kind of like I, in my contract, I kind of tried to have that a little bit more in my most recent one. But like, as you're saying, I, I also don't want to come across like that I am unmoving or like, like I want them to be happy too. So, um, which was something that I had originally even put in my contract, but then the person I had who I paid a lawyer to look over at, who was somebody recommended to me by the fast group also, she was like, don't say, don't use the word love or like, because that's so subjective. They might just say they don't love it and then they don't pay you or something. I was like, okay. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, Try, but I'm trying in my emails at least to say how excited I am um, yeah. to work with them. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that's important, and that's going to come across, and they're going to feel that, and it doesn't yeah. have to be in the contract because the contract does lean mm-hmm. a little bit more like, okay, this is cut and dry, like what you're getting. It's a little more formalized. Right. So I think as mm-hmm. long as you're infusing that into everything else, you're fine. And yeah. then, like I said, like I always try to – like just do that extra five or 10% to make sure that they're happy. Like even if it takes mm-hmm. another hour, can, assuming like they've been reasonable and you right. know, they're someone that like you enjoy working with and stuff. And, right. and, and if it needs to be a conversation and you have to bring it up, then, then bring it up after the project is finished in a timely yeah. manner. Um, I talk, there's a specific video inside of fast talk, talk about what to do if you underbid a project, like how to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So you can always watch through that. Um, yeah. But 
I think you're in a good space to just keep going out there, keep getting the projects, keep your rate where it is, and then adjust it accordingly. Okay. Or adjust your contract accordingly to a point where like you feel like it's good. It's feel like it's working for you. It's working for your clients, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we can gab about? I'm good at gabbing. Oh man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think if I had it. I'm sure I'm going to think of more questions for you later. Um, yeah. I don't general question. Just like how many, uh, textile designers do you have in fast? Do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have almost 500 students total and I only know like 30 or maybe 40 of them. No, not textile designers. Like I only know that many students. So most students are like very quiet, tucked under the rug, like very, (laughs) um, what's the word? Just they're, they're really behind the scenes. You know, we mm-hmm. have these, I, maybe that's an understatement. Maybe I, I, I can think of like 50 or 50, I mean, gosh, if you asked me to name them off right now, I probably couldn't. Um, so I don't, ha- and we send out surveys and we do live Q&As yeah. every month and we do these strategy sessions. Um, a lot of people don't take advantage and don't show up to this sort of stuff. And so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people we just don't even know about. So Katarina, who I told you about, who I just had a chat with earlier, she's been in the program for a year and she just emailed us. Well, I guess maybe it's been almost a year and a few months by now. And she just emailed us like two months ago to say, hi, I'm Katarina. Here's what I've been able to do with the program. I'm now making more money, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who yeah. are you and where have you been? You know, like she's <laughs> never awesome. filled out a survey yeah. that we've sent out. She's never showed up to mm-hmm. any of the things. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. She, you know, I don't expect everybody to participate. Um I had a call with a woman the other day who's a sock designer and she's doing amazingly well. And I was like, where did you come? She's a student as well. I'm like, where did you come from? So we yes. don't like hear from a lot of people. And then like they'll come out of the woodwork one day and they'll be like, look at what I've done. And I'm like, what? So yeah. <laughs> I really like can't say. I mean, off the top of my yeah. head right now of people that specifically, well, that's a lie. Uh, because I've done some portfolio critiques inside the the, the program, and I want to say at least like two or three of those are textiles, and then I know Katarina and Lucia. So there's probably at least five that I know of. Mm-hmm. But again, I probably only know of like I know less than ten percent of our students. So I yeah. don't really know yeah. to tell you. Yeah, I can't get yeah, an answer. Well, but there, you guys are out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be really fun to for for people who listen to this later or whatever. It'd be fun to connect with the other textile freelancers out there because, um, yeah, I don't know, just fun to meet people in your field. And yeah, well, initiate that conversation stuff, so. in the in the Facebook yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, do that if that's something that like yeah. you're you're excited about, like spearheading. Then I would I really and um, encourage you to do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, sorry, it's a really long-winded answer to tell you no. about how many people, <laughs> how many textile designers there are. Bottom line, like I yeah. really don't know, and I, I yeah. I'm serious. Like these people come out of the woodwork of like, look at the success that I've had, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I kind of wish you told us sooner, but yeah, um, we we often find out stuff by accident, like just through happenstance. Um, even some of these strategy sessions will do like. 
I'm, I'm recording it and I get into it. Like there was one that just came out this Monday and what's her name? Omna. She's a swimmer designer out of New York and she applied for the strategy session. She's like, we're like 20 minutes into the call and she's like, I don't know. I just graduated. I don't have a lot of experience and I'm not really sure if like I'm good enough or I know enough and blah, blah, blah. And then in the same breath, she goes, but I'm about to close a $4,000 project. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) hold on, (laughs) what? Yeah. So, you know, it's so hard to say like what people are doing. All I know is a lot of people are doing great things. A lot of great things we're not even hearing about. Um, Yeah. And there's a lot of textile designers out there for sure. Yeah. So connect with those peeps. They're awesome. Yeah. You guys are all awesome. We have such a great little community. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, just a shout out to the Facebook group. Like there's been a few things I've had questions on or like finding like a a lawyer randomly, you know, stuff like that, that, uh, super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The people in there just wanting to help each other. And I, this is one of the things I messaged you about, I think once, but just, it's nice to see that for change as opposed to, I feel like sometimes working for a corporation, people are kind of feel like it's like you or me, you know? Um, so anyway, thank you to those out there who are willing to share their information. (laughs) Who who was the lawyer you wound up working with? Was it Andrea Sager? It was no, um, I contacted them and then I was looking into their like membership thing, but they like, they have like a wait list. And then it was someone named Lindsay. Um, it's yeah, it's in the, like on the page, if you look through the, the okay. thread. Yeah, can, I'm not active in the group. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if you had worked with Anna. Yeah. She's been on the podcast. Um, but I think her mm-hmm. business has leans a little bit more like membership group focus right. as opposed to like one-on-one lawyer consulting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which just sounded cool too. But yeah, the person's name was Lindsay Levine and Lindsay Levine. recommended to me from, yeah, another, I forget their name, another member in the group. But okay. um, that's awesome. She was very nice to work with. So, um, I love seeing you guys share the resources. It's amazing. And like you said, yeah, just helping each other. Um, when I don't, that's not always the vibe you get in the corporate world. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Rochelle, it's been super cool to chat with you and to like dig super deep into these topics. Um, definitely keep me updated on how things go and, um, when you start seeing success, don't sit quiet for a year, please. Let us know. <laughs> we love sharing your stories and hearing about your success and celebrating with you. And um, yeah, you're going to kick major ass. I think you're a lot more focused <laughs> than we were an hour ago and you know what to do. So yes. time to go do it. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. It's been really nice chatting with you and uh, meeting you online yeah. in person. <laughs> yeah, of course, Rochelle. Thanks for coming on yeah. the strategy session. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I really appreciate you hanging out with me today and Rochelle and gabbing about all things, uh, let's see, pricing and contracts and niche and all the things that come along with being a freelancer. Um, I hope that that was really valuable. I also want to give a big shout out to two people behind the scenes, Tara, my right hand in the business, who does so much to help make sure that the podcast happens, as well as Mark, my husband, who does all the tech and editing behind the scenes to make sure that the audio sounds good and it 
gets all clipped together in a nice way. Um, beyond that, again, thank you to you for hanging out. If I can help you in your freelance career in any way, I would love to do that. Head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. We will link that below and uh, I will hook you up with my best resources to help you kick ass as a true remote fashion freelancer in this industry. Um, beyond that, you will get on the mailing list and we will let you know, you'll be the first to know when our freelance accelerator program opens. It only opens a couple times a year and I'd love to share the details about that to see if it's something that would help you grow your freelance career in the fashion industry. Other than that, I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.